my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing, of course, rapidly, right before our very eyes, and of course, trying to put it all into context so you can understand what's going on in the world as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, that technology is Bitcoin, which is the decentralized technology that is literally changing the world. Now, like I said, we like to look at it through those three lenses and this week, I have a lot to cover with you. As a matter of fact, you know, in, uh, in light of it being the end of the year, being it that we're uh, facing the end, the end of a chapter, the end of 2022, I want to talk about some of the biggest stories and events that happened in 2022 that help us understand how the world is changing from a uh, a push towards a pendulum swinging towards centralization and globalization, and now being rejected and pushing back and eventually swinging back into deglobalization and decentralization. And I like to say that um, it is now, it's crested, the pendulum is crested out, it's being pushed back and it's going to swing back and it's going to swing back really hard. And a lot of times people say, but Mark, how can you say that? Look at these things that are going on. Of course, they'll point to lots of things of central planning, centralization, globalization, you know, World Economic Forum and social credit scores and CBDCs. And how can you say that the pendulum is swinging back, Mark, when these things are happening? Well, because of all the other signposts that we see. Now, remember, these are processes, all right? These are not events. It doesn't just switch, boom, overnight. It's a process, like a pendulum that swings. And you have to imagine the pendulum swings on a 250-year time frame. And so 
as it swings, as it, you know, in the last, you know, five, 10% of that pendulum's travel and then peaking out and then the next five or 10%, I mean, that covers 20 years. And so it, it, it happens slowly, but we can see it happening if we understand the signs or the signposts. And that's what I like to point out. So let's take a look at some of the biggest stories and events of 2022 that show that the pendulum has peaked, the pendulum is swinging back, and that we are on our way there. So we're going to cover that. We're going to look at it. I have it kind of broken down into a bunch of different sections. We're going to look at money. Money died. Money died. It's been dying. Um, I believe it got the the final fatal shot this year in 2022. Of course, just like uh, you know, if you're a hunter or something like that, or you you know, some movie, you know, they get the fatal shot, but they still stay alive for a while. That's what's happening. We're going to talk about money dying. We're going to talk about the revolutions that are happening and 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 are growing and continue to happen. The revolution. We're going to talk about freedom. How freedom has been under attack, but it's making a resurgence. It's coming back. Uh, we're going to talk about energy. How it's reshaping things. We're going to talk about experts. <laughs> how the experts uh, we were told to trust. Um, have been wrong. And then, of course, we'll look at Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and CBDCs and how that all fits in. All right. Then we're going to look at uh, what to watch for in 2023. So then we'll start talking about uh, what are the signposts that we want to really be paying attention to in 2023. Um, maybe some... Uh, some uh, predictions or crystal balls, if you will. We'll talk about what I think is going to happen in 2023, uh, what we're going to be watching for. And so we have a lot to cover. And so let's just keep going in. So again, the signpost. Now, um, just to illustrate what a signpost is, and the reason why I, I want to say this real quick is that, um, you know, timing is always very difficult. And, and like I said, with this pendulum, you know, even just that last five or 10% of the pendulum's travel and rejection or, or move back the opposite way could take 20 years. Uh, also, it's kind of highlighted. There's a book written called The Fourth Turning. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. Um, and it covers an 80-year cycle. And inside that 80-year cycle are four 20-year cycles. So four 20 years make an 80. Now, in my 250-year cycle, there's three 80-year cycles or 83-year cycles equals the 250. And so that's how these things kind of work. But in that fourth turning book, um, there's four 20-year cycles, and all of the change that shifts from one 80-year cycle to the next happens in that fourth turning, hence the name of the book, The Fourth Turning. Um, and it's really kind of uh, summed up, summarized in a quote by Vladimir Lenin, the evil dictator from you know Russia in the 1900s, uh, who said that there's decades where nothing seems to happen, and there's days where decades seem to happen. And that's really about this fourth turning. And that's where all the change happens. And that's where we're at. Um, also, I would liken it to like a financial market. And so you look at, you know, the, uh, the real the, the dot com bubble in the early 2000s, right, it ramped up really fast and then blew off. Or, you know, the real estate bubble, you know, you can look at the cryptocurrency bubbles 2017, 2021. Um, and they ramp up, 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 they go faster, faster, faster. And then they have this blow off top. And then they fall back down. And that's sort of what we're talking about. But the key piece to, that I want to hone in on is on those financial cycles is that at the top, as that, that, as that cycle is hitting resistance, it gets very volatile. And it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then it crashes off. And that's exactly how this 250-year political revolution cycle dies because the political revolution cycle basically maxes out at peak centralization or peak globalization. And so uh, basically we have central planners and we can see how they've been maxing out. And so central planning has continued to grow and grow and grow. Of course, these governments take the United States, for example, 
50 independent states as a republic, but now everything's become federal, federal law, federal law, federal law, federal law, federal law. And so the, the United States has continued to get more and more centralized. The, the other countries of the world have continued to get centralized, but even though countries working together, so, you know, of course, with the UN and the IMF and the BIS and the WHO and all these um, NGOs, uh, three-letter organizations, non-government organizations that continue to bring the world into centralization. And so we have one group of leaders who are kind of setting policy that the rest of the countries fall under. I mean, case in point, look at the pandemic, right? Uh, the global leaders, uh, whoever that is, the BIS, the IMF, and the WEF set this policy. We have this, uh, you know, we have to fight COVID. And so the WHO, World Health organization basically set a policy to lock everything down and every single country followed along. And so the world has gotten more and more centralized. Um, but what happens is as, as, as they continue to squeeze, more people push back and resist. So of course there was massive pushback as there should have been massive pushback to the government overreach of emergency procedures and lockdowns. And so as people start pushing back, you know, then they have to push back even harder. They have to squeeze even harder. And then people start talking out. So then they want to start censoring. And then all that censoring online got, gets people even more enraged. So they start pushing back even more, which then they have to fight even harder and start deleting people off, you know, off, off the internet. And then they have to print a bunch of money to go fight all these things. And then people are outraged over that. So they have to start censoring. And so it's like this equal opposite reaction. The more they squeeze to try to retain their power, the more people push back. But the more people push back, the more they have to do to retain the power. And on and on and on. So that's kind of the way it works. And it really starts with um, the money, right? The money. The money, money, money. Henry Kissinger told us that the three attack vectors were control the food, you control the people control the energy, you control the continent, and control the money, you control the world. And so that's exactly, let's start with that. Money died. Money died in 2022. Now, money has been dying for a long time. We could point to many uh, examples in history. And so again, like taking shots, taking shots, taking shots. But I believe it ultimately took the fatal shot in 2022. And really, there was a, two things that really happened. The first which happened that I think really brought it to the forefront of everybody was the Canadian trucker protest. And here we have people in Canada protesting, you know, the government overreach, you know, taking away their jobs, not allowing them to feed their families. And of course, that's always the breaking point in every revolution. If you can't afford to take care of your family, all bets are off. And so just as the Canadians were practicing their constitutional rights, a freedom of assembly, peaceful assembly, the government didn't like that pushback. We're going to talk about that, but this was not the fatal blow. There was a, an even bigger fatal blow. And then what's happened since then shows that died. I'm going to cover all that. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We're talking about, uh, of course, the decentralized revolution, but I'm talking about the biggest stories and events in 2022 that really show us that the pendulum is now swinging back. We'll talk about the money, the revolutions, um, and uh, censorship, freedom, uh, energy, the experts, crypto, everything else. I got a lot to cover. This is an episode you do not want to miss. I'll be right back. Don't go away. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And of course, as always, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing, looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, technology. I'm giving you the biggest stories and events of 2022, the signposts, the signposts that show us that this is happening. All right, so I was talking about how 2022 was the year that money died. And it's been dying. It's been taking shots. It's been taking abuse. It's been slowly getting wounded. It's been slowly slowing down. But I believe 2022 was the year that it received the fatal shot. And like I said, you know, with game hunting or something like that, maybe it continues to live for a little while longer, but it's received the fatal shot. So we, the Canadian trucker protest really is where this started. And the reason why it started there is because Canada, you know, North America, Canada, the U.S., Mexico, but part of North America, typically you'd look at Canada as a democratically, you know, democratically run country, a free country, if you will, um, obviously the neighbor of the United States. And so you would look at it that way. Now, you see a lot of censorship and, um, you know, oppression, especially from monetary oppression, you know, in North Korea, or in Afghanistan, or something like that, you just don't expect to see it in Canada. So when you hear about people in, you know, some some third world country, like, uh, whatever, Cuba, getting their bank account seized, well, that's kind of par for the course. That's what that's what dictators do, right? Uh, when you see it happen in North Korea, sure, that's what that's what dictators do. When it happens in Iran, sure, that's what dictators do. But when it happens in Canada, it's not what 
democratically elected free nations do. It's not what they do. And so we had the Canadian truckers. People came out to protest under the constitutional rights, um, peaceful protests. Um, they tried to take them down any number of ways to smear them, make them look dangerous, all these things. But ultimately, when a GoFundMe account was um, created to actually give money donations, that's when things came off the rails. And so we saw, you know, single mothers that donated 25 bucks get their bank accounts frozen. Lots of people got their bank accounts frozen. And it really highlighted front and center that no matter where you live in the world, no matter how free you think your country is, it's not because you don't have your money. And all of a sudden it found out, well, shoot, if, if they freeze my bank accounts, I'm locked down. That's like worse than prison. At least in prison, they give you food. They heat your, you know, heat your jail cell or something. When your bank accounts are frozen, you can't buy food. You can't pay your utility bills. And so I think it put it to the world stage that one, Canada is actually run like a dictatorship. Justin Trudeau, he's seen, he's uh, been videoed praising China, how he believes that their, uh, their, their political system is, is superior. And so, um, I think that put it front and center that money, government money, fiat money, currency, if you will, in the bank is not your money. And then if it had to get escalated anymore, I think ultimately it was put up on the, uh, on the altar and ultimately killed, sacrificed in the Russia-Ukraine situation. And so they're in the, in the world right now. There's three global superpowers with nuclear weapons, and that is the United States, that is China, and that is Russia. And Russia decided to move on Ukraine for lots of very reasons. We'll get to you a little bit later. Um, and they found they got their bank accounts frozen. So if you're one of three global superpowers with nuclear weapons and you can get your bank account seized and frozen, what chance does any other nation in the world have? And what chance does any business have? And what chance do you and I have? And of course, the answer is zero zero chance. If you say or do something that somebody doesn't like, which in today's day and age is, yeah, there's a long list of those things and it's only growing. And so uh, the whole world now, you know, other, other nations, when it happened in Canada, you know, it happened to the people, but now you're like a tier two nation, right? You're like France or you're like uh, Germany, or maybe you're like Ecuador, or Peru, or, you know, maybe you're Pakistan. And all of a sudden you go, well, shoot, they, we saw them take Afghanistan's money, $8 billion out of their central bank. But, you know, I guess that's Afghanistan and, you know, we don't really like Afghanistan. But when it happens to Russia, every nation in the world notices and they start taking action to prevent that from happening. So now the dollar is done. It's dead. Now it's dying, but it took the fatal shot. And so we've seen China has now been um, angling and maneuvering to protect itself from the same fate that Russia had, de-dollarizing, so it can't be sanctioned in that way. Uh, we've seen the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, the BRICS nations continue to get bigger. More nations are joining the BRICS. Uh, Argentina, uh, Iran has joined the BRICS, and so they've gotten bigger. The BRICS um, organization, association makes up more than half the people in the world today. Um, they actually mine over 60% of the gold in the world today. And so they have set up the BRICS nations collectively has set up a new payment network to compete against the dollar um, SWIFT network. And they've created an LBMA, London Bullion Market Association competitor to break the grip of manipulation over gold. So 
it's dead. We also have the rise of central bank digital currencies. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. And we also have the collapse of asset prices. And so most people by now know that you should not store your wealth in dollars, right? Dollars do not hold their purchasing power. And so people know that. So they try to put them in everything. They put them in stocks and bonds and real estate. They put them in gold. They put them in crypto. They put them in all these things, anything to get out of the dollar. It's losing value. Um, and the assets prices are now crashing, right? So we've seen the worst um, year for financial assets, stocks and bonds in over 50 years. So money's died. Money's died. That's the big story of 2022. Um, and trust died with it, I believe. All right. Uh, next, we have revolutions. Now, obviously, we have the Russia-Ukraine situation going on, which is really big. But I think it's bigger than most people realize. And the reason why I would say that is because, in my opinion, it's not just about Russia and Ukraine and, and the United States. It's really not, not even about the Ukraine. It's really about Russia and the United States. Uh, but really, it's about Russia versus the globalists, specifically the globalists. Putin has come out and said so many times. As a matter of fact, he's come out being very critical of the World Economic Forum, very critical of Klaus Schwab, critical of Klaus Schwab's books and his ideas for this, you know, man and machine, fourth industrial revolution, um, very critical of woke culture. Uh, he said that, uh, um, I'll paraphrase it, I don't have a pull up in front of me, but he said basically, um, oh, you know, all you progressive nations, you think that you have progress by blurring the lines of men and women and destroying families. He said, that's, no, that's nothing new. That's not progress. So that's no different than the dogmas taught by Marx and Engels. Of course, Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto. He said, it's the same thing that happened in Russia in the 1900s that led to the Bolshevik Revolution and hundreds, or not hundreds, but tens of millions of people dying. We don't want any of that. He said, we reject that. And that's what the war is really about. It's a revolution. Uh, Russia is fighting a war against globalism. Again, it's another signpost. And of course, we also see this happening in lots of other countries, um, the, the people versus the governments. And that's really the, where we should be focusing our effort when we look at revolutions. In the United States specifically, we get really caught up on my team versus your team, blue team versus red team, Republicans versus Democrats. If only we got a fill-in-the-blank other party. If only we got Republicans or only if we got Democrats. If only my party could get leadership. And so we're caught fighting each other when really they're both the same. What we're seeing all over the world in the, in the United States and all over the world is it's we the people versus the governments that are trying to centrally plan us. And we're seeing it in Iran, in China, in South America, in Brazil, in Chile, and so much more. I'm going to break into that. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We always talk about the decentralized revolution so you can understand the way the world is changing, so you can have more uh, freedom, you can build, grow, and protect your wealth, um, and so much more. I got a lot to cover. We're covering the biggest stories and events of 2022. You don't want to miss it. I got to take a quick break, but I'm going to be right back, so don't go away. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing, and I'm talking about the biggest stories and events of 2022, the signposts. If you understand these key events, what's going on behind them, the context, you can see the way the world is changing, where it's going, and what the opportunities and challenges that presents to us. Now, just real quickly, I am going to host the first ever a virtual live virtual event. Um, it's going to be in about a month at towards the end of January. And I am going to break down these problems that's, that's, that's being caused by this end of centralization. And the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity. And so if you feel like, you know, you're uncertain about the future, you don't know how you can get ahead. It's, it's very difficult to make money in this economy. I don't have enough money. Uh, I'm afraid of my freedom. I'm afraid of the overreach of governments. I don't know what to do. If any of those sound like things you might be thinking about, just understand you are not a victim. We can shape the world that we want. And as big as these problems are, it's created even bigger opportunities. Something I'm really excited about. Not only do we have a massive opportunity to make big wealth fast, but we can also use that to build the world that we want to fight and gain freedom. If you want to come to this live virtual event I'm having, just go to go.onemarkmoss, go.onemarkmoss.com slash parallel go.onemarkmoss.com slash parallel and the theme of this event is the parallel protocol we're going to talk about how to take advantage of what i believe is the single biggest opportunity in the parallel economy if you're trying to build grow and protect wealth in the old world it's not going to work you need to be building it in the new parallel economy. I'm going to break all this down and have some of the best experts. We're going to go for three days live virtually. Go to go.onemarkmoss.com slash 
parallel. All right, now back to some of these big um, events. Uh, we talked about the revolution, Russia fighting against globalists, but also we're seeing it all around the world. So in Iran, for example, um, sorry, Iran. <laughs> I always get, uh, get uh, a lot of flack for my, my, my accent. Sorry, I'm an American, man. I'm an American. Iran. Okay, got it. Uh, but what we're seeing in Iran is massive protests happening. Again, all over the world we're seeing protests. Now, this is nothing new. It, before COVID in 2019, there were over 10 countries with over 1 million people each in the streets protesting, and they're protesting in Iran as well. Uh, a lot of this has been sparked by this whole dress code situation. Of course, women are treated like property um, in, in these types of countries, and so they're forced to wear this you know, uh, headdress and all these things cover their face and whatever. And I'm sorry if you're from Iran and I don't understand this properly, but either way, maybe there's more intricacies or nuances to this debate, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, is there's massive protests there. And of course, Iran doesn't, uh, doesn't tolerate this, right? They don't tolerate dissent. They don't tolerate protests. And so they've cracked down really, really hard. Um, they've been locking people up. They've been going after celebrities there in the country, doing everything they can. They've been shutting down the internet. I mean, you name it, they have tried to do it. Like I said, even killing people, literally capital punishment for doing this, but it's only caused even more dissent. That's what happens with martyrs. They try to take them out. They're going to kill them, but it doesn't stop them. It only emboldens more people, and that's exactly what's happened. And it looks like, you know, it's, it's, it's the worst crisis, legitimacy crisis, since the 1979 Islamic Revolution. Um, and this is a big deal. And I believe, again, this is a sign of the times. This is a signpost. We can see these centrally planned economies or, 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 um, or countries where they want to tell you everything you can do and can't do and what you can think what you can wear. They're going to fall. They're falling right now. And it doesn't matter how many people they take down. More and more protesters are taking to the streets. Now, they might shut it down for now temporarily. But again, their overreaction to, to even get to a point where they could shut it down is only going to embolden more people. And we're continuing to see that. Of course, we've seen the same thing in China. Things I never thought I would be able to see in China. So China, of course, is one of those other very, very strict authoritarian regimes, social credit score systems, central bank digital currencies. And people don't want that. There's a natural drive and desire for human freedom. God has given us creativity and a desire, a drive, and that can't be held back by these communist or whatever you want to call them at these days, these, these regimes that want to tell you what you can and can't say, what you can and can't hear, what you can and can't think, what you can and can't wear. And so we're seeing that in China. Of course, it's a long time coming. People are pushing back hard. And it really started, I think, back in, this, uh, in, the, in the banking collapse. So earlier this year, I believe in June or July of this year, uh, the, the China has um, tons of problems on their hands. Uh, I'm not going to go into all those right now, but one of which is they have a massive financial crisis on their hands. And we saw some of their banks start, start going down and billions of dollars were locked up in the banks and the people couldn't get their money. And of course, they're not happy about that. So they started protesting. And it wasn't just one small protest, which typically happens in China. It was all over the country. And China was freaking out. They had to do everything they could to shut this down, including exploiting their uh, vaccine passport system. So um, they found out people were trying to go to a protest to process a bank and they would just turn their health passport red. Oh, you got COVID now, you can't go. And they started doing that, lots of manipulation. They had to bring tanks in to protect the banks because they were trying to burn down the banks. 
And this has only continued to escalate months and months. Now it's been on, going on for months. And now we got to this point where China, President Xi, has been trying to push this zero COVID policy, locking down you know hundreds of millions of people at a time. More people that are in the United States are locking down at periods of time. And when I say locking them down, I mean like welding them in their houses, locking them down. And of course, that makes even more uh, that makes people even more upset, and they start pushing back even more. And that's exactly what happens. We see them um, pushing back on that. And I talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said, something's going to happen here. And it's going to be very interesting. Either one, President Xi is going to have to come in and literally, I mean, do everything they can to squash this protest, potentially killing lots of people, uh, if it's even possible. But th that's, that's option one. Or option two is he's going to have to give in. Either you have to do whatever you can to shut it down, or you have to give in, right? And let's watch. I said, the thing is, if he gives in, though, the protesters are going to know that they have power and they're going to demand more things. And that's exactly what happened. They have decided to end um, zero COVID policy. They've decided to um, end these extreme lockdowns. They've decided to open the economy back up. And it's now it's causing massive problems as well, because that's what happens with centrally planned economies. But more importantly, what I'm watching, again, this is under the revolution section, is that the people now realize that they have the power. They've been protesting for the last several months through the financial crisis, the banking crisis, now with the zero COVID crisis. I think the, the World Cup really brought it to the world stage when they watched all these people watching the game without masks. And they're like, wait a minute, why are these people don't wear masks, but we do. But the key piece here is that the people have learned that they have the power because China blinked first. And that is only going to continue. It's a massive signpost. Of course, in South, South America, we've seen the same thing. Um, in Brazil, in Chile, um, lots of areas. Uh, there's an article called Latin America's Pink Tide. Um, and the Pink Tide is basically this uh, communist taking over. And so we saw dramatic elections in Brazil, in Chile, in Colombia, which all ushered in communist um, leadership. And not just like, hey, they're kind of a commie. No, no, no. No, they actually ran on a communist platform. And they've come into power in those countries, Brazil, China, Colombia. Um, of course, they're, they're in Peru. They're in all these different countries. Um, but is it going to work? We can already see massive pushback on this, like massive pushback. We can see um, in Chile, the, the new president, Gabriel Boric, he's 36 years old. Um, and he took over as, as a communist leader, the most progressive leader in over half a century, uh, but he's having massive setbacks. Colombia, massive setbacks. Brazil, massive setbacks. I'm going to talk about all that and explain it to you a little bit more. We're still going to cover, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the biggest stories and events of 2022. Uh, right now, we're talking about the revolutions that are happening right now this year. Uh, I want to still cover the freedom stuff. I want to cover the energy stuff. The experts being wrong, Bitcoin, crypto, CBDCs, and so much more. I got a lot to cover. You do not want to miss this, so don't go away. I'm going to be right back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, of course, each and every week, the decentralized revolution. Specifically, we're talking about the biggest stories and events of 2022 that show the, the signpost to show that the pendulum is swinging back right now, pushing back on centralization and moving back to decentralization. Um, and we are covering uh, what happened in South America. I don't have time to dig into all that. But basically, like I said, Brazil, China, uh, Chile, and Colombia all ushered in um, – communist governments. In Chile, they voted to put in a new constitution. However, the people didn't like it. So they voted. The people did vote to bring in a new constitution. However, the new constitution that came in, they didn't like it. 80% of Chileans voted for the new constitution, but over 60%, over 62% of the voters rejected the constitution that was put forth. And the reason why is because it was the most woke uh, constitution that had ever been seen. They wanted to do all types of woke things, including like gender parity, um, you know, all these different social rights and things like that. And like the people are like, no, no, we don't want that. Like, no, no. And they rejected it. And so you can see, again, the people are pushing back all over the place. Of course, it happened uh, in Colombia. Same thing. Uh, we have uh, Gustavo Pe uh, Petro took over, a 62-year-old former guerrilla. And his vow is to tackle inequality because everyone should be equal, right? We should all be exactly the same. We should all be the same weight and the same height, and we should all have the same amount of money. We should drive the same car, right? That's what everybody wants, robots. Uh, and how is he gonna do that? How is he gonna tackle inequality? Well, uh, of course, <laughs> with tax, taxes and land, land reforms. 
And of course, nobody wants that. Uh, he's also proposed bans on new oil and gas exploration, which of course, let's cripple the country and shut that down. And so the people don't like that. They're pushing back in Brazil. Um, the president-elect, Silva, supposedly narrowly beat um, Bol Bolsonaro. <sighs> narrowly beat, that's very big controversy. You've seen, uh, I've seen videos, mostly on Twitter, where you can actually share real information, protests with millions of people in the streets protesting this. Everybody knows that this election has been stolen there. Doesn't really matter. This is what's happening. And people are pushing back massive polarization. And this leads to revolutions. Um, moving on, we saw freedom under attack, um, freedom of speech, most specifically. Um, of course, censorship has only been increasing. Uh, freedom of speech is under attack, of course, for your safety. Because, you know, you're constantly led misinformation and malinformation. And, you know, you're not smart enough to know the difference. And, you know, if it's not for these, you know, social media companies telling you what to think, how would you know what to think? Because it's so dangerous because you're constantly fed all this misinformation, supposedly. That's what they tell us. Um, and so we've seen people being deplatformed left and right. But there's pushback. They can't keep getting away with this. We've seen in Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, um, he went on Joe Rogan and admitted that the FBI told them to censor, to shut down accounts and posts about the Hunter Biden um, laptop story. And they told them that it was because it was Russian misinformation. They had to get rid of it because it was Russian information. Now, we know it's not. We know 100%. That is not. We know it is 100% real, and all mainstream news outlets have come out and said that. They all know it's real. They've all admitted it's real now. It's not controversial to say that. However, the FBI told Facebook to remove all that, censor all that, delete accounts that shared it because it was. So not only does the FBI meddle in social media, controlling what other people can say and what you're allowed to see and hear, they did it based off of lies. So not only are they interfering with freedom of speech, they're doing it off of lies. And it's no wonder we don't trust them. We saw uh, Senator Josh Hawley said that Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg admitted to displaying bias against conservatives while moderating content. Now, whatever. I guess it's, a, you know, it's his platform. If he wants to moderate content, that's one thing. But when the government gets involved in it, tells them what to do, and based off of lies, that's a big problem. And of course, TikTok, uh, TikTok kind of the same thing. Um, we know now uh, that's that's been a big uh, kind of a big battleground ever since really Trump brought it up. Um, now, I, I believe all government employees, or at least in the Senate and the House, are not allowed to have it on their phones. Um, but it's, it's an attack. Uh, it supposedly Chinese TikTok is completely different than American TikTok, um, the way that they're kind of trying to take over the kids. Um, and then we have Twitter, right? And so the same thing, just like Facebook, um, Twitter has been, um, you know, censoring, you know, main, uh, conservative voices. And now Elon Musk took it over and he wants to bring it back to having free speech. He said the reason he wanted to take it uh, by Twitter is because he believes it's the most important platform because it is the town square. It's where all the conversations happens. And it is. You should use Twitter. I use Twitter, by the way, if you're not on Twitter, if you're not following me on Twitter, you should. It's just at one Mark Moss on Twitter, at one Mark Moss. Uh, but that is where the conversation is happening. And he said, look, until we um, 
bring some transparency back, there will never be trust. We can't rebuild trust without transparency. So he basically went to the files and got every single piece of communication, the text messages, the emails, everything from the government, pressuring Twitter employees to censor accounts and shut down accounts and all these things. And he released it. Of course, no mainstream media wants to cover it. Um, CBS, NBC, uh, CNN, et cetera, didn't even mention it. Now, Elon Musk is enemy number one because he wants to allow free speech because, of course, he's not protecting you from misinformation because you're so stupid. You're so stupid and dumb that you just, I mean, you just fall for this misinformation all the time. And it's Elon Musk's fault for not censoring those accounts because how's he going to protect you? I'm being sarcastic, of course. I believe you're smart enough to know what you're listening to. I believe you're smart enough to think for yourself. I'm sure you do as well. Now, um, he's enemy number one because, of course, he wants free speech. But now that he's committed to free speech, now that he has released these files to try to bring healing back, Twitter is now releasing free speech. The conversations that have been going on, on Twitter in the last couple of weeks are amazing. And it is a massive signpost to the decentralized revolution coming because we have to be free to speak. Look, Animals can't speak, humans can. That's what separates us. So we must be free to speak. If I censor, or if I'm censored what I can say, you're also censored on what you can hear. And misinformation, or let's call it lies, lies are found out through open and honest discussion. The truth will always prevail. If I come out and say a bunch of lies on social media, 5,000 comments are gonna show up saying how I'm lying, right? Through open and honest discussion. Whenever they say misinformation, what they really mean is censorship. Uh, we also see a big uh, move this year in energy. Of course, remember the three attack vectors, control the food, control the energy. An energy crisis have been happening all over the world. Of course, I've been talking about it for over two years that it was going to come, and it's here. In Europe, massive gas crisis, you know, with the Russia-Ukraine situation. We had the Nord Stream pipeline blow up. Now, that was the pipeline that connected Russia and Germany to each other. Through geopolitics, the goal has always been to keep those separated. And somehow it blew up. That's a massive signpost that we're going to see. Um, we have uh, Fed and Wall Street are completely wrong. The ex experts are wrong. The Fed told us that uh, inflation was transitory. And of course, they were wrong. They said we, we, never, we didn't see it happening. Wall Street said this, this year the markets were going to be good. They weren't. The experts are wrong. Stop trusting the experts. Um, I'm running out of time here. I do want to say, again, I am having a special live virtual event. First one I've ever done. We're going to do three days, and I'm going to talk about what uh, the theme is going to be parallel protocol. I'm going to talk about the parallel economy that's building up right now, which I believe is the single greatest opportunity we've had, and it fixes the single greatest problem that we face. And I know a lot of you are worried. I get the comments every week. Mark, what do we do? What do we do? Well, this is what you do. If you want to build more wealth, stop trying in the old world ways, come into the new parallel economy. Massive opportunity to build wealth, grow wealth, protect your wealth, and it's how we protect our freedoms at the same time. Man, I couldn't think of anything better than to make money and protect the future generations, my kids and, and grandkids. So check it out, go.onemarkmoss.com, go.onemarkmoss.com slash parallel, go.onemarkmoss.com slash parallel. You've been listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the big events of 2022. Uh, that's what I got. Thanks for listening. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.